0: Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about all, about you and your business, and frankly, all things about the economy and the environment. All these things have a profound impact on our business and our lives. Um, really excited. I've been doing this ongoing series with the Washington Post. I really enjoy it and have uh, been looking forward to uh, this um, uh, segment, in fact, uh, We have a a reporter every week with the Washington Post. It's a phenomenal series. I'm a huge fan of the Post. It's one of those true newspapers of record, which are few and far between. And they get that name for the exhaustiveness in terms of the stories that they cover. Uh, It's not skimpy. They go deep. And in terms of the breadth and depth, in terms of the uh, number of – Topics that they cover and beats that they have, and so I'm always excited whenever I visit with one of their reporters. And uh, today I'm going to be talking to Evan Helper and uh, talk a little bit about yourself and your beat before we get into our topic today. And welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, and I appreciate the uh, the kind words about the post. Um, so I'm on the business desk, and I cover the energy transition basically. So um, you know, I'm covering. Everything from, um, you know, uh, liquefied natural gas and, and, and Europe's need for more of it to um, obviously all these things that are in this big climate package that Congress is on the verge of passing um, and, you know, how we transition a lot of uh, technologies from fossil fuels to, uh, you know, renewables. And, you know, it's a, it's a big, complicated thing with a lot of moving parts. And, you know, that's, that's what I, I spend my my time covering
0: yeah, absolutely. And were you as surprised as the rest of us when uh, when they finally worked out a deal that Mansion could sign on to?
1: Yeah, I mean Washington is not a place where uh, you know it's easy to keep secrets, and it just nobody expected this. It, it looked like you know this was this was all over. They were heading into midterms with no package, and and then this kind of came out of nowhere. And it's not a small package. It's um, you know I mean we're talking hundreds of billions of dollars in investment
0: yeah yeah absolutely uh, and and of course uh critics, most of them are on the left. It seems like the most vocal ones are on the hard left. compare it to uh the uh, second infrastructure package you know it does it does pale in comparison to that, but under normal times, this is an incredibly huge piece of legislation
1: yeah I mean this is the biggest investment in um You know, in the energy transition that the federal government will have made to date, um, yeah, does a lot more need to be done. Does it really uh, get us where where we all the way where we need to go to meet our climate goals? It it doesn't. But I mean, you know, at a time, the federal government just looked like it was stymied and unable to move forward. This has been going on for a decade of, um, you know, trying to get the federal government to coordinate the energy transition. Uh, This is suddenly a, a very big step forward.
0: Yes, yes. have you been able to get you know, in on your most recent story? Talk real quickly about your most recent story, in fact, uh which is what spurred our conversation.
1: Yeah, sure. So the the piece that um uh I I did last week was involving um sort of solar panels and what's interesting about solar panels is everyone wants them. You know, we see all kinds of solar installations going up. Very few of these panels are made in the United States. Um, you know, China has invested hundreds of billions of dollars in cornering the market on solar panels. Um, and that, that creates a dangerous situation. I mean, people compare it. It's, it's a little apples and oranges, but people compare it to, you know, Russia with natural gas. If if you have a rival that you're dependent on for your energy and suddenly they decide to shut off the supply or, do something with the supply and then you you can't get at this critical, you know, piece of infrastructure, or critical fuel, you're really in trouble. It becomes a national security problem. And and in the case of solar panels, there there's just a lot of worry that, you know, some of the the things that go into producing the solar panel are just dominated by China. Um, you know, whether it's whether it's the minerals, whether it's the production facilities. And so there's a real um push to get a you know, a viable solar supply chain functioning in the United States. I mean, there's so much demand for solar panels, um, and very few of them are getting built here. And so what this, this measure does is it invests huge amounts of money, um, in, in companies that are willing to, you know, not just assemble panels in the U.S., because some companies are doing that now, but actually, you know, source their polysilicon and, and do the processing and, and build the cells and the wafers, um, in the U.S. So they're trying to prop this industry back up. Yeah, and it seems like it's really struggling on a lot of different levels. You've, we've had
0: uh, some of the leaders, uh, some of the, even the bigger companies being accused of shitty practices, uh, maybe taking forever for them to replenish their investment, if they ever replenished your investment at all. So it's been rocky here. Um, which countries do you look at as having had uh, the, the most success,
1: and what do you attribute that, that to? Well, I mean, China's obviously had the most success, but you know what? I mean, this is what they do in China: is the government decides we're going to dominate this industry, we're just going to put, you know, a huge amount of subsidy into it that eclipses anything the U.S. or you know Europe is doing, um, you know, and 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 then they they bring the price of panels down so cheap that, you know, you, you can't compete with, um, you know, other countries. There, there was also an issue of in the United States. They decided to try to make try to try to try to use newer, more innovative technologies like 10 years ago, and China sort of doubled down on, tradi- on on a more traditional solar panel, and China just got the price down so low, um, using all these subsidies that you know that it, it just wound up resulting in closures of of all these factories in the United States, um, you know, and elsewhere. So you have developers and installers of solar panels you know who are trying to get these projects up and running and they you know and they're happy to have these cheap panels from china um but it's just a matter of like at some point do we become you know so dependent on this rival nation uh to supply these solar panels and you know should they decide to disrupt the supply chain um you know it, it just it just creates all kinds of vulnerabilities um you know and even if it's not a national security vulnerability Um, You know, it's it's a business vulnerability because the supply chains, again, you know, we're seeing how rickety they are through the pandemic. Um, You know, it it sometimes isn't making sense to just rely on components that have to be, you know, come from all over the world to come together to get assembled someplace else. Um, You know, it's it's just increasingly resulting in disruptions. And now we're seeing big, um, you know, renewable power installations getting disrupted because of these supply chain issues. So they want to bring that supply chain closer to home.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's like a whole new industry is growing called uh, onshoring. Uh, we were we are familiar with offshoring, but I think we're moving quickly towards more and more onshoring. Huge industries trying to uh, and create create warehouse capacities and manufacturing capacities, particularly in stuff that that we feel vulnerable about. I think we've in the last few years as we've militarized uh, our uh, trade uh, situation, uh, particularly under Trump. And yet it really has continued in spite of this administration's complaints. That has continued. Uh, We have just kind of really realized how vulnerable we are, be it 80% of all generics are are out of China. Uh, That's not a really good idea. Um, (laughs) So, uh, I think we're beginning to see a real paradigm shift when it comes to things like this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we just went up with a story today about how this applies to, um, you know, not surprisingly, electric cars, right? And so, you know, we need to move millions of people from gas vehicles into electric cars in, you know, in this country to, to meet our climate goals. And again, you just you need these minerals, you need all this mining and these metals to to make the batteries not just for the cars, but even to get the power grid. Um, in a place where it can handle all these cars getting plugged into it because, you know, they're trying to clean the grid at the same time and to clean the grid so you're not, you know, burning gas and coal. Uh, if you're doing this on solar and wind, you've got to figure out a way to store the solar and wind energy so you can, you can sort of put it back on the grid overnight when everyone's charging their cars, and that requires these, like, massive, you know, truck-sized batteries, um and it takes all kinds of minerals to, to make that happen and you know we don't mine them in this country. Um, you know, China controls again the supply chain for a lot of these minerals. Um, you know, and there's there's questions about all these gigafactories that, you know, US auto companies are saying that they're going to um to build, whether they'll even be able to get the supplies they need to, you know, build the things they want to build in those gigafactories.
0: Yeah, I mean we're we're still living behind on chips. We finally got a legislation passed that should Fast track that, but we—I I hear estimates
1: that we may be years behind in, for uh, certain vehicles on chips. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, any of us who've tried to buy a car in the last year, um, you know, have seen what the what the chip shortage has has meant for that whole industry. Um, you know, I mean, you know, maybe if you tried to sell a car, it's been in, you know to your advantage, but basically, it's just been really difficult. And you know, these cars today, as you know, like especially if you're moving to elect, you know, electric vehicles. Um they need very sophisticated technology um and you know without these chips they can 't build the cars um so it's um you know we 're finally seeing the you know the government sort of understand uh, these these industrial issues and 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 move in a direction that sort of gives boosts some of these um these manufacturers, but you know like like everything else with um you know with vehicles with energy you know this we're talking infrastructure we're talking factories it's like things don't turn in a dime and so you know it's it's going to take some ramp up time to get you know the supply the supply chains up and running um domestically you know and in in countries with which we have free trade agreements with at least in the case of um the car batteries that's you know that's where it applies
0: yeah, absolutely. So, how much of a subsidies were in these panels? How big was that subsidies? And when do you envision it making a difference?
1: So, for for the cars, for example. So for the panels, you're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars. And it, you know, it also depends on um, how many uh, you know how many plants get get up and running. You know, who applies for them, who qualifies, but. Um, I you know it'll make a it'll make a difference for solar panels at least in terms of what you'll see of like announcements of you know companies saying that they're gonna build a factory in georgia they're gonna you know open a poly uh silicon processing plant in in Washington that had been idled and you know shut down before and they want to bring it back I, you're gonna to start to see a lot of those announcements happen and and kind of you know market signals. Um, you know that to investors that like come back. This is this is going to work here. The government's supporting us now, uh, but you know in terms of like you know panels coming off production lines in the U.S. you know at a level that that that, that meets the demand and can get some of these stalled projects you know back back going. That you know, we're still we're still talking uh, probably a couple of years away. So you know everything takes time. Yeah, yeah, these things do take
0: time. Evan, I appreciate you being with us. Uh, by the way, uh, again, he's with the Washington Post, Evan Halper, and uh, the website there, WashingtonPost.com, one of those uh, publications I read pretty religiously because I I, I do want to get that depth and breadth that uh, they are really, they Washington, uh, Washington Post, New York Times, and Wall Street Journal, we're, they're really the only true agents. On, on newspapers of record in this country, in my opinion. There's others like the L.A. Times that say they are, too. But those three are the big dogs, and, and the reason why is because of the depth and breadth of coverage that uh, those publications tend to be the only ones providing it. So, uh, Evans, thanks, thanks so much for your time and for the insight. Yeah, great questions. I really enjoyed being on your show. Thank you. Yeah, I uh, look forward to having you on in the future. It would be great. I'm Kevin Price. This is The Price of Business.